It's time to rock and roll! Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Gina Versa. Gene, I missed you. How are you oh, doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you again, too. We got we to gotta do see you. dinner or lunch or, or all of sure. the above soon because uh, mm-hmm. we got a lot to catch up on and talk about. And I know that there's some nice. other stuff in the works that we, mm-hmm. we want to get back to. But it's great to see you. It's great to be back. Um, good day, just off, off the top, I will also tell everyone that uh, retrospectives are returning the week of this episode. Um, you're going to have an interview with me and director Abel Ferrara that I'm very proud of. And uh, it was so much fun. I'm still kind of riding the high of that conversation. Um, and then fail blockbusters. And uh, I'll just announce this right now. Uh, we will be doing a one more Batman retrospective and Spider-Man retrospective talking about The Flash and Into the Spider-Verse. Um, I may not be talking about The Flash that much. But Matt has thoughts when that oh. comes out. So we'll <laughs> cursed, see. Cursed movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I may not be talking about Spider-Verse that much that episode either, mm-hmm. because we're here to talk about it today on the podcast with our amazing guest, Jack Godwin. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again, guys, and for s- such a perfect movie to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that 90s Spider-Man show. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Every Spider-Man makes an appearance. I was going to say he makes an appearance in the movie. I mean, spoiler alert to to all of it. You know um, what? Yeah. I I don't know. Did did you I, guys spot? I I wouldn't think it would be a spoiler, but like, did you guys spot a, a Spider-Man the animated series Spider-Man anywhere? I, I didn't. Yeah, because I noticed the '60s, the yeah. uh, Unlimited Spider-Man mm-hmm. Unlimited, and then Spectacular Spider-Man. Yes. So I, yeah, don't, I don't think I, he's in there. They could be saving I think him. Maybe the maybe that the art style of that particular like costume isn't like so different that mm-hmm. you you know clock it straight away. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Where spectacular, you're like, look at that short little fucker. Yep. Yeah, he's so <laughs> tiny. Josh Keaton. There he is. I was gonna say too, and then uh, Spider-Man Unlimited and the '90s show, they're not in the same continuity. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. So right. Yeah. Well, that, that's what we're here to talk about today. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to say our thoughts and then get into spoilers. But, Jack, it's been a, a year since you were here. Um, you were here oh, with wow. Henry, who's not with us today. And mm-hmm. um, we talked about Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah. What what have you seen since then that you, you would recommend <laughs> to people? It doesn't even have to be Spider-Man related. We just want to <laughs> we just want to get back into the swing of things with podcasting. Mm-hmm. What if I just not seen anything since Doctor Strange? <laughs> that um, would be incredible. I mean, Gene and well, I have yeah. a uh-huh. an old pal, uh, Kirk, uh, old old friend of the show, oh, used to hop on watch anything. He watches like a movie a year, and mm-hmm. I love it because I I never yeah. know what the, his response is going to be. So yeah, or what that, the movie that, that will can be. that can go so wrong or so right. Like if you mm-hmm. went from Doctor Strange to uh, across the Spider Verse, I think that would that would be a pretty good you know hit rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be a lot of other things. Um, I the, the the clearest thing that comes to mind when uh, you ask what I've seen lately, the l- last movie I saw that wasn't Spider Verse uh, in the cinema was Cade, the Tortured Crossing, which I don't know if you guys have heard of. Yeah. Uh, but have you guys heard of a man called Neil Breen? No yeah. fucking way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, for anyone who doesn't know, 
easiest way to describe Neil Breen is he's like, I don't know, like the maybe the new Tommy Wiseau of like a mm. probably mm. egocentric um, a filmmaker who does everything in his films by himself. They're very, I don't, I mean, it always feels wrong to say something is just bad, but right. it's it's not quality filmmaking. It's very confusing. <laughs> it's very entertaining. And I guess they're now getting popular enough that they're um, enough of a cult following that they're getting cinema releases. I don't know if they showed it uh, in the, in LA or anything, but it was uh, the opening movie of the London Sci-Fi Film Festival, which oh. is crazy. Um, but I got to see it and it's the sequel to Twisted Pair from five years ago, which was um, about uh, Neil Breen playing, f finding new ways to put himself on screen um, as, you know, director, writer, cinematographer, caterer, everything on set is him. Uh, he is also the lead uh, hero and he's the villain because he plays a man with an evil, maybe a cyborg, maybe AI maybe magic evil twin clone okay. still don't really know what was going on in either of those movies but uh if anyone like enjoys you know uh watching weird out there cult movies but like the the bad side of cult movies mm -hmm. they're so bad it's good side uh more than anything else um i recommend neil breen to watch it, watch it with some friends or in a cinema if you were as lucky as I was. <laughs> that seems like an experience watching it with other people too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was it the reaction like uh, something like the room where people are like throwing spoons yeah. or anything? It was. It was interesting. It was actually it was at the Prince Charles Cinema, which um, prides itself on uh, being Tommy Wiseau's favorite place to screen the room. Oh. Um, and I have seen the room there and got to have a very awkward uh, photo taken with Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, so it, it was there and um, there was um, uh, a lot of... Um, the, the crowd was very rowdy. They, were, they all knew what they were in for. Um, but unlike the room, there isn't like years of people making rules yeah. around like, like throwing the spoons and saying certain things so in a way like you got a lot of people doing their heckling at the screen in a way that you're like oh come on i kind of want you to shut up because this isn't that funny but yeah. then someone does something and you're like oh that's actually really funny and i could see this becoming a rule of you know everyone says this when and the crowd sort of like started doing things together like naturally um mm -hmm. So it was a it was a real like interesting just cinema experience. I don't think I've seen something um, like that really, other than the room um, in the cinema uh, space. Gonna have to see this now. Yeah, <laughs> I need to do on the letterbox watch list. I need to do the the Neil Breen deep dive, but uh, we uh -huh. are Twitter mutuals. Um, I he, I think he he followed a oh, lot of film real? Twitter people recently. Oh, it's not okay. it's not like special. But um, okay. I, I think he's trying to stir up hype for, like he's he's found that like oh you like these people can be connected online. Like I mean that's basically how Skinnamarink got really popular. Yeah. You know, like people started talking about it online and then it made over a yeah. million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like that. so, I think he's trying to do something <laughs> like that. But um. Yeah. So have you have you had a chance to watch one yet? Because I saw your your face sort of light up when I said his name. 
<laughs> I know who he is, and his reputation uh-huh. precedes him. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I found that very yeah. exciting. There's probably a lot of people as well who have seen clips or something go around without actually yeah. knowing what it's from or something. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, it's luckily, I think it's definitely the kind of uh, filmmaker you can watch clips from because it doesn't matter what you get spoiled in context, you will understand less. So, <laughs> oh, so you, you tip him to your heart's content and you'll still want to watch the movie. <laughs> if that's your kind of thing anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the power of cinema, you know, it's it to, are you going to get an experience like that with anything else? You know, like that specific sort of like, is it bad? Is it good? Is it so bad? It's good. Oh. It's just like, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't put it in a box. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think even like with someone like the room, the room is so well known, and you've got like a, you got like a movie about the room. Yeah, is also huge. So it's so in the culture that uh, anyone who's like into that kind of stuff, uh, I think there's probably a, a big crossover between people who are into those kind of films and also people who like being uh, part of the in crowd who know about it before mm-hmm. other people um and neil breen's in that special place where like people know about him but like not everyone whereas i feel like everyone kind of knows the room now yeah um, so i don't know what else there would be on that sort of level um right now at least uh this is this is a much more positive version of that because i i do find their lo-fi low-budget filmmaking genuinely impressive and heartwarming uh, the Wakaliwood guys. I don't know if you. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Like there's, it's just their community making the movies they want to they they want to replicate from like Hollywood and like the big budget stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know they can't afford it, but like it, they really go to show that like it doesn't fucking matter. Like if you love movies and you're gonna go make something, like maybe it doesn't even all work, but it can be like super engaging and entertaining. And it's just like mm-hmm. I have the utmost genuine respect for that entire filmmaking group um yeah yeah check out the wakaliwood guys uh it's the best yeah i mean that that that's always i i have actually watched quite a lot of like big air quotes bad movies in the last couple of years because i actually ended up i i was doing a master's uh in a um uh film related course and i ended up writing a dissertation on so bad it's good movies so it's been like all i've been watching and the more you watch that kind of thing the more you start (laughs) questioning what is good and what is bad and you start like having like a lot of love and affection for the people who make stuff that everyone pretty much agrees is bad but then you start seeing stuff in it and a lot of it is just like you know this low budget sort of you know they're out there doing weird wild stuff and you add a you know 20 30 years on it and it becomes a cult movie and people start respecting it a lot more you know yeah mm-hmm. a lot of charm to them i think mm-hmm. yeah okay well that was a great uh suggestion um gene what about you what have you seen recently oh, okay i want to throw this one out there just like immediately um have you guys heard of fool's paradise it's by charlie day i have I'm heard of it <laughs> yes yes i was i'm uh-huh. always curious about what charlie day is doing uh well I guess I'm not always curious. I like yeah. Charlie Day. I like It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, I was looking forward to watching this, and then I heard a lot of uh, negative stuff actually. Yeah. Uh, so I was. I'm happy to uh, 
hear anyone want to talk about it positively. Like just, yeah, it's uh, so I was like reading into it. So it's like it took him like five years to actually get it distributed. I think he filmed it like 2018. And uh, it's basically it's like I, I think I did enjoy this because it's just so like stupid, like just the, the stuff happening on screen, like it's like pretty funny. But basically, it's like Charlie Day, he got all his like celebrity friends and like some money and made a Charlie Chaplin movie. And the whole movie, he doesn't talk. He just does like a Charlie Chaplin thing. And he's he only says like one word in the movie at the very end. And it's just like him expressing himself. Because it's like uh, this actor, he's like this, uh, you guys know, like being there with like Peter Sellers, mm -hmm. like where the character's like mm -hmm. mute and just like reacting off of things. He doesn't really... I don't know like what kind of condition he has but he's basically like that and he stumbles on a movie set uh looks like the star who dies after and then replaces him his name is uh what was it latte pronto because someone misinterprets his name and it's just like his uh agent is ken 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 uh ken jong from community and they're just like kind of like lampooning the hollywood scene but it's just like so like stupid and it's just uh like just the weirdest stuff happens because then it gets into like weird conspiracy stuff or like uh common it's just like a homeless guy he encounters and for five minutes he starts talking about like things like that and it's just so like bizarre that this actually got made and you could see it in a theater and uh i don't know i don't know how else to describe it it's just really like bizarre it's just such a bizarre movie that i kind of enjoyed it yeah just the fact you, that it's um, like charlie day too yeah i was gonna say do you have any idea why uh it got a negative reception um uh well i mean if people don't like it i, I surely like won't defend it too much but i, I think like mm -hmm. they thought it was a certain type of film when it wasn't i i I don't know this is me putting my tinfoil hat on but i think he was legitimately trying to make like a, a charlie chaplin movie or whatever mm -hmm. and uh i don't know maybe people didn't get it but yeah it's uh it's interesting it's very interesting they filmed uh some scenes actually by my old apartment so that's interesting <laughs> oh really so, yeah it's oh. like a little park around there I'm like, oh, oh i know there. that's that's wild yeah but it's like, I don't know, he's pretty charming in it. It's just like he just doesn't talk and it's just Charlie Day reacting and just doing his like facial expressions and stuff. And just like him, just like people are just like reacting to him. So it's like Kate Beckinsale or like uh, Adrian Brody. And they're just having these whole elaborate like conversations with a man that doesn't talk. So <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> I do want to watch it still. Yeah, um, no, probably, yeah the, you probably the, won't like it. Oh, okay. Although, I mean, the, the positives <laughs> seem to be uh, uh -huh. like you heard positives? Char Charlie Day. People just love Charlie Day in the movie. Yeah, and they just think he he needs some work as a as a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, like I guess Guillermo del Toro when he saw the first cut like two three years ago. <laughs> okay, because people I think people forget it was it was shot like in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, he gave like notes and he was like. He had him do like 20 minutes of reshoots, like 20 minute sections of the movie mm -hmm. um, that helped it out, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess not enough. But, you know, yeah. I, I also just love that Guillermo del Toro's friend with everyone. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, Charlie Day, your first movie. Here's my advice. I'm going to go <laughs> make miniatures with Steven Spielberg tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What a life, man. <laughs> what a, well, what a nice guy. 
Yeah, whatever. I, I'd love to. I, I like to think that Guillermo um, del Toro would do that for most people, but most mm-hmm. people wouldn't think to ask Guillermo del Toro that because they yeah. would be intimidated that he would say, "No, I don't have time for that. I have." A million other projects, some of which will get made. <laughs> yeah, some. <laughs> some. We'll see about that at the Mountains of Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of madness, I'll just do my last recommendation real quick. Um, it's directed by Gene's guy, Hideaki Anno. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a movie called Love and Pop back mm-hmm. in 1998. It's done completely on like DV tape footage, but like yeah. the lens this is weird and the movie is a lot um he's a strange man very strange person he he is but (laughs) i I think he's a genius yes and it it felt like i was watching a move like storyboards for a movie that he was going to make animated Mm -hmm. um but it's also a complete movie on its own and i how many let me let me read the description uh tokyo schoolgirl hiromi and her friends engage in a practice known as enjo kosai or compensated dating where older men pay young girls for dates, Hiromi plunges deeper into this world to raise money for an expensive ring. That doesn't even scratch the surface of what the movie's about. I didn't really know the premise going into it. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I like Shin Godzilla. People like mm-hmm. Evangelion. Or what that's what he did, right? Yes, Evangelion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'm gonna start watching more of his stuff. And I saw this movie he did was on YouTube. Because yeah. it's, it's not publicly available anywhere. Right. Um, so, you know, sorry, but that's what we're having to resort to with a lot happening in the industry right now. Yeah. Uh, with stuff getting taken off by taxes. This is a separate issue, obviously, but, you know, it's not publicly available. So I, I wanted to watch it. Um, yeah, it, it, it was like a lot, but I do think I loved it and I would recommend it. I don't know if I would recommend it as the first movie you watch from this artist though you know what i mean um i I think um, i have to take gene's recommendation and just finally watch evangelion only 26 episodes yeah and and then go back to the rest of his filmography Mm because i i'm fascinated by this movie i don't really know how to talk about it yet yeah so that's funny Uh, his (laughs) other movie came out too that's just as like weird and complex shin common writer yeah, yeah. I saw it, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I heard that I'm one's a little dense. very excited for that. It, I am a huge mm-hmm. uh, fan of his. I love Evangelion. It's nice. One of my favorite shows, and End of Evangelion is easy top 10 movies of all time for me. Yes. Um, I have not seen, like, I, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen much else. I, well, I've seen Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, seems to be the one it, that but... broke out like a lot. Yeah, I'm like I keep giving him money to do things. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. as you should, as we all yeah. should cuz I yeah, we're we're huge pro Shin Godzilla fans on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's that's a, a fucking incredible movie. Unbelievable movie. Um yeah, I guess guy. we we just headed into uh the other incredible movie you're here to talk about today. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Um <laughs> no, no, we're we're here to talk about uh Across the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. Okay, how do we even do this? Um, I guess quick spoiler-free thoughts. Thumbs up or thumbs down ac- across the panel. Um, thumbs, up. thumbs up, Gene. Okay, yeah. Jack. I one million thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thumbs down. No, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> two, two thumbs up. Uh, 
Okay, listen, we're just going to get into spoilers now. So, because everyone's going to watch this movie. Yeah. I'm not going to say pause and, and come back and watch it. Just just watch it now because you've seen the movie or you're going to see the movie. Okay. So, um, Jack, as the guest, have you collected your thoughts enough to describe your reaction to this movie? Um, I, I think uh, I... No, is the answer. I have not collected my thoughts, clearly. Uh, no, I, I, I think that the movie was... Uh, I, I tried to avoid the hype a lot. I right. didn't watch any trailers, uh, which is unusual for me, um, because I just knew from as soon as they announced it that it was a movie that existed with the uh, same team and everything. I was like, okay, it's going to be good. It's going to be worth watching. Um, and uh, it really lived up to what I wanted from it um which is to uh, find like new story beats and like character dimensions to like dig into and i think they did a really good job of finding new ways to do what the first one did which is like explore the spider-man mythos and Mm -hmm. just like uh go into those themes using all these crazy extra elements without them like overloading it you know that yeah. this movie is a part one but i felt satisfied with it um there is a little bit of that you know can i can i say i love this movie when it's a part one i don't know how everything's mm-hmm. going to be resolved but you've got like some complete character arcs in here and um a lot to think about in terms of how they just discuss the characters and it was a, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah, my my general thoughts are just like all positive, uh, to the point that like coming out with uh, coming out was almost like looking for negatives. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and then they're so f- few and far between, or they're things that are answered by well, they could address that in the next one. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I yeah, I think the uh, the animation is, you know. I, it's incredible, and uh, the uh, cast uh, are all perfectly picked, and they do a great uh, job with the voice acting. And um, it was, uh, I, I, I know that when me and Henry did our review of No Way Home, we were like generally positive on it, mm-hmm. um, with the caveat that we were like, yeah, kind of like with that marks for the nostalgia and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, over time, that's fallen away, but uh, this comes out and it just feels like No Way Home found dead. You know? <laughs> like the, the Virgin No Way Home versus the Chad Spider Verse. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Really the more is. you rewatched No Way Home, the less it was appealing for you. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, and there's uh, I I mean. One thing about a lot of the uh, recent um, MCU movies, um, not all of them, but um, there are some of just like where there doesn't feel like much of a art direction, you know. No, and at all. this is yeah. this is just like they they got the money to the right places and they uh, they they're really imaginative to the point that like you can kind of get to the end and start forgetting about some of the really interesting animation flourishes they have like at the start of the movie, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
all, all good from me. Like I'm, I, I have very few criticism, but I just have a thousand like small things mm -hmm. to say about it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I just before Gene goes, I want to say um, the entire team did not return. I, I do have to to fix this or to mm. mention this. Uh, directors Rodney Rothman, Peter Ramsey, and Bob Persichetti uh, mm -hmm. from the first film. I believe are executive producers this time, yeah. but not mm -hmm. um, not directors. Like actively. Yeah. Uh, um, the new directors are Joaquin Dos Santos, uh, my boy from Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, who did some fucking incredible mm. episodes on those runs. Mm -hmm. um, it's super cool to see him get like his shot at the big time here and just fucking nail it. Um, along with directors Justin K. Thompson and Kemp Powers. So um, everyone's still killing it, you know. Everyone else, I think, is basically the same. I think there's a new writer, mm -hmm. Dave Callahan. Mm -hmm. um this uh not not to dunk on someone i i, I hope I, I never have to meet but um this is the best thing he's ever had his name attached to i need to get into it <laughs> okay but when i saw his name was attached in the lead up to this movie that's when i was like oh no um mm -hmm. doesn't matter now obviously um, yeah but it was that was my moment where i had to pause for a second and i was like oh shit are they, are they gonna fuck this up um but gene go ahead sorry i just need to say that no no it's all right yeah, no, I, I loved it. Love this movie. Um, yeah, I saw it opening night. It was like a lot of people. A lot of people seeing this, I've noticed. Like they're just like crowds and crowds. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Because I guess in the five years, it really caught like the audience. But yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, no, it's incredible. It's everything I love about Spider Man in one movie. Um, the artwork is great. There's different art styles for each universe. Love that. Um, all the character stuff is is great, you know. I love the storylines that they chose, like for Gwen, for Miles, um, 2099, and then uh, Peter, Peter uh, B. Parker. Yeah, they made them all interesting. Like the fact that they give uh, you know Spider-Man like a kid and like a wife, which the Marvel editorial will never do. <laughs> and they fucking had a heart attack watching this movie. They're like, yeah, they're people like, don't like this, right? People are going to hate this, right? And it's like, no, we all loved it. Yeah. You fucking coward, you spineless <laughs> sheep. <laughs> Sorry, everyone no, knows no, I fucking, I'm going to go to war with Marvel editorial for this. Yeah, <laughs> no, they just, they, uh, yeah, they don't understand that character, really. No, they, they don't. Yeah, they're they fucking, have... I'm going to, Dan Slott, I'm coming for Dan you. Slott. I defended oh, you for oh. so long. Sorry, sorry. Oh wait, I, I'm no, like I mean, I'm getting so angry. I need to let wait, Dean finish because no. he's bringing up great no. stuff. <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna come back to that because I want to. Okay, I want I want to yell about things too. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to hear you yell. But no, yeah, I loved it, and uh, you know the storyline I thought was like, um, yeah, you know, like the storyline was like great because it's like it kind of had the cliches of like uh, I don't know, like you guys know like Star Trek with like destiny and all that. Yeah, I like, mean, you know I do. The, yeah. That question's really for Jack. <laughs> but, yeah, you um, know, like... Mm -hmm. I don't think so, really. Oh, where it's like, you know, some stuff is, like, fated to happen, but I love the fact that, like, this movie, it kind of, like, went on that, where it's like, there's, like, constants in the Spider-Man mythos, like, Uncle Ben has to die, or, like, mm -hmm. uh, was it Captain Stacy has to die, and then they're like, like, Miles is just like, oh, you know, I'm gonna make my uh, own path or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's a really nice message i guess you know and uh yeah no i was i was really appreciating just like the writing and everything and yeah no i i yeah. just loved it but i i think if we're 
going into like slightly spoilery. Oh, we can go full like, spoilers yes, now. Yeah, I think let's just, let's just go fucking buck wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the fact I, I going with what you're saying, Gene. I think like the idea of Miles breaking away from the fate uh, uh, that he's destined, and you know, changing canon events mm-hmm. is something I really liked because. Um, a, a lot of what this movie does is present like, okay, there's like pretty much a society of spider people, yeah. But Miles is not involved, and he is ostracized from it. And then when he's brought in, there, you know, the conflict of the film is like, you you're behind him, but also like, um, he is separate from them. He's isolated. Mm-hmm. He's not even allowed to be part of the the team that are meant to be multiverse versions of him, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it fits so well with what they were saying about his, uh, his, his character in his personal life with his parents and how they talked about his future. Mm-hmm. And I also think in a meta way was a lot of fun to think about how people talk about Miles as Spider-Man. Uh, like there's been a lot, like as whenever the topic comes up uh, on Twitter or something, there's, people who are coming and be like, you know, Miles Morales is Miles Morales. He's not Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, people who are very like, you know, Peter Parker is the one true Spider-Man and right. there's nothing else. And I think there is something to making a story about uh, him being kind of rejected from that. Like, no, no, you're not doing Spider-Man right. Or mm-hmm. you're, you're not a part of this club. And it feels like this and maybe more so in the sequel, they're kind of making a case for, like why why Miles is important and why yeah. his differences are like you know uh are still like connected back to Spider Man in all the important ways. Yeah, well, I was gonna say it's like uh, the No Homers Club. They could have one Homer. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't yeah. have. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I love that too. And then the, his character arc too, where it's like he felt very like isolated from his uh, friends from the first movie because they were mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, they're all in the Spider. What's it? In the Spider Verse Club Society. Spider Society. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, no, like the fact that he hadn't heard from them in like sixteen months, and then when he finally like sees them again, they're trying to like kind of. Like, I don't know, yeah, like, do, uh, you know, like, force him to, like, go through this, like, canon event without really, like, his consideration? Like, you know, there's some really, like, uh, deep sort of, like, emotional scenes and just, like, how uh, kind of betrayed he feels by the other uh, spider friends of his, you know? It's, like, sad to watch, I felt. Yeah, yeah. like... I guess I'll just give my thoughts on it. Yeah, I loved it. I, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you saw the immediate, like, five stars on it. That doesn't mean I don't have hangups, and yeah, I will yeah. get to them. Because yeah, I, I think they should be talked about, because they're not just related to this movie. It's kind of my opinion on Spider-Man media in general right now. Mm-hmm. So some of the problems are not even this movie's fault. It's stuff I gotta. I, I feel deeply passionate about. Sure, sure. Uh, and some problems, maybe. I, I just have questions right now about the movie. Okay. Um, but it is phenomenal. It is maybe the best theater experience I've had in years with an animated movie. It probably is the best theater experience I've had with an animated movie in years. Um, to the point about like Miles as Spider-Man too, I, I find it really fascinating that he's like, he is the Spider-Man who from jump understands he has to help people. Mm-hmm. 
Peter Parker did not, right? That's his whole thing with he has to learn with great power comes great responsibility. Miles has that from the get-go because he's so involved with his family and community. Peter Parker is isolated more, which is why I think that isolation you guys brought up too creates such a great character dissonance for Miles where it's like he's so used to being able to connect with people. Now he's finally met and understood other spider people like him and he has to be separated from them. And that dissonance causes like a dissonance with his family and community too. He's not really the the well-oiled machine he is with with everyone back home, except for Genki, who's just chilling and like oh yeah, smoking weed and playing video games. Yeah. He's not smoking <laughs> weed, but you know, he right. basically is. <laughs> how, how, did guys, <laughs> how did you guys feel about that? Because I, I felt like the line where he's like, Oh, I'm not your guy in the chair was like, oh, okay. It's okay. I'm glad right. here, here's what I'll say about that. I'm yeah. glad I'm not the only person who hates the direction of the MCU Spider-Man. Yeah. Um I Tom Holland's I, the I, one I... live action Spider-Man <laughs> who doesn't make an appearance. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think um I, I think it's good to have healthy boundaries with your yeah. friends <laughs> and yeah. say, I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. be involved in your vigilantism. <laughs> um, no, he, did you guys notice, in, at least in one of those scenes, he's playing Spider-Man PS4. Oh, is he? He's actually playing that. Spider-Man 2 PS5. Oh, okay. Someone Marvel's caught it on Twitter. Spider-Man 2. Ooh. Yeah, in, Insomniac Spider-Man 2. Game. Someone caught it? on Twitter and uploaded it. And I'm like, that's illegal, but that's really cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> Cross promotional. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the true like magic trick of these movies. Everything in these spider verse movies, apart from the actual characters and their characterization is stuff. I never want to see in Spider-Man after this mm-hmm. ever again. I didn't want to see it before this happened. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think Spider-Man thrives as a character with individuality, be it Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy, whoever mm-hmm. has the spider suit on. I don't care about a Spider-Verse of interconnectivity, the webs, the totems from the comic mm-hmm. books. If you don't know what those are, yeah. it doesn't matter because they're fucking stupid. Um, all these, like, Madam Web is is so mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, she's a fun, campy-looking villain. Mm-hmm. Just the worst parts of the last three decades of comics is kind of packed into the DNA of this movie. But somehow, mm-hmm. some fucking way, they've created an event film that has united people across the world. And it's so good and impressive and fun and emotional. And I don't understand how they did it because I don't give a fuck about Ben Riley. Oh, this is the most I've ever liked yeah. Ben Riley as the butt of a joke, and mm-hmm. nerds got really mad at that online, so they can I... all suck my dick. <laughs> you know what? I I'm like really that Ben Riley thing is interesting to me because the first thing I saw when that came up in the movie, I thought I I think there was there, there was like mm-hmm. one joke, and I was like I was like oh that's great, and then second joke oh people are gonna be mad, about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know but straight it... up, and I I kind of get why because they uh-huh. do kind of make ben riley the punching bag of like he becomes representative of like edgy 90s comics yes. a bit yeah mm-hmm. um which and i like ben riley in the comics uh and my answer to that which i think uh, most people agree with worst things have happened to ben riley mm-hmm. in the comics yeah. if you're talking about 
bad things happening to the characters you like. Um, that's a character who's been through all kinds of metaphorical trash compactors of bad ideas and <laughs> good ideas and yeah, bad but... ideas done well, good ideas done badly. Uh, but, they keep, they um, keep reusing them too. Yeah, and keep, uh, like... <laughs> and I think like the joke of him just being like vocalizing how like oh no i'm being attacked by my own traumatic memories <laughs> that's that's actually quite ben riley and that's yeah. funny when they get it gets a bit further away when it becomes like almost like a gag about like rob life out right yeah stuff um and that went less well for me but i can't imagine getting annoyed about you know right. a character who originated in a clone saga the <laughs> one of the most spiraling confusing <laughs> wide range of quality events ever so yeah i feel it's like hard I feel... To, it's hard to get that mad about it you know yeah i feel like you've read the whole clone saga too which i haven't even done <laughs> oh yeah it's better than you'd think but there's better, a okay. reason it has yeah. this reputation um <laughs> hmm I mean, that's that's another point of conversation I think we could talk about as all Spider-Man heads here. And, of course, Jack with mm-hmm. the Bat 90 Spider-Man show. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man it doesn't really offer anything to me anymore in any iteration that's not this franchise mm-hmm. or the Insomniac games. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean, like, I'm done with Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man will mm-hmm. always be my number one best boy, right? Mm-hmm. The Kendall Roy of comics, if you will. Um, okay. my, my eldest boy. Uh-huh. Um but like the comics is just like they they've so uh, like stunted that character's potential at this point right. that like it's going to be like another decade before anything interesting happens in comics with yeah. Spider-Man ever again um and then there's the whole thing where it's like he does have to serve like three separate corporations interests at this point like the character like, of Spider-Man yeah like, like Disney Marvel Sony mhm yeah like that's fucking like he had no chance there was no yeah. chance for any interesting Spider-Man stuff to happen, which makes these movies even more impressive and mm-hmm. the MCU Spider-Man trajectory mm-hmm. far more understandable. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 I think um, it is, you know, I'm picturing the image is, uh, I, I swear I don't just talk about Spider-Man the animated series, but I guess <laughs> it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, but the, when, when the, uh, <laughs> When this uh, in the dream sequence where the symbiote is and his uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man costume are fighting over him, which I guess happens in the comics too, yeah, uh, and they're like pulling him by his arms, and that really is like the the thing with Sony and Marvel, um, and you know, there's all kinds of like, yeah, I I do it does feel like this film is uh, like the fact that they creatively got to do any of this is like really impressive um because it feels like there's such a like restriction on what he can be mm-hmm. um in uh all other media um even to the fact like i i don't know if people know that like in the comics like like peter park is not allowed to drink yeah and weird they make it, they bullshit. Make it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah they make like a they make like a a, a kind of a make it a character trait a bit yeah like, that he doesn't yeah. drink and he can't handle his alcohol and it's not like i need every uh character to be boozing um mm-hmm. for me to think they're cool or something yeah but like there's lots of things like that because he is such a big money maker mm-hmm. um gotcha. and then the ways they do shake it up 
are very repetitive uh, and kind of end up um, like retroactively like affecting previous things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I think like my main sort of takeaway from a lot of uh, Spider-Man comic discourse uh, for anyone who's not involved in any of that on Twitter, not that I'm like in arguments or anything with Twitter <laughs> people about it, yeah. but people are very angry right now for uh, a lot current of run. yeah, a lot of stuff with the current run, which is quite. Um, I, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I I read it on uh, Marvel Unlimited, yeah. Uh, so I'm like six months behind, and I'm like in a traffic jam, like seeing explosions <laughs> further down the road. I'm like, oh man, I've got like six issues until <laughs> apparently I'm going to want to boycott this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, there's a, there's some good stuff I'll say, uh, in the new stuff, but mm-hmm. I am getting, um, I'm getting tired of it. And, mm. uh, after reading a lot of old comics the last few years, good thing about all of this is that you can always go back there's all these good runs out there there's so many good spider-man comics uh whether you want to go all the way back to the 60s to stan lee or you want to read some 70s 80s stuff there's all kinds of good runs out there that aren't from an era where everything had to be so tightly connected to events and um anyone who uh is like maybe like a comic book movie fan but not a comic reader you might have issues thinking like oh i kind of wish like uh for guardians 3 james gunn got to do a direct sequel to 2 without having to worry about what happened to his characters in the mm-hmm. avengers movies and the comics are that just 24 <laughs> 7 yeah right now like everything is affected by events from mm-hmm. other characters and their own events and even going back to the original Spider-Verse comics, um, I'm currently reading, I think, the third Spider-Verse event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, I'm quite, like, set on my conclusion that those comics are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You're correct. And, that yeah. is an apt conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, and they uh, and they make the, the 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 movie just looks even more impressive in comparison to them because it's doing everything better with the same you know chess pieces and uh the uh um the the individual characters from the spider-verse have had really strong comics uh spider-gwen solo series uh has had a few different runs that kept getting cancelled or relaunched but mm. Uh, I really like the Spider-Gwen comics. They're really good. And um, there was a great adaptation of her story in this movie. I felt like we kind of got a mini Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, whatever she's called now, mm-hmm. um, story in there um, that they drew from the comics. And I, I hope that, like, well, I was going to say I hope people watch this movie and then it makes them want to go read the comics. But, like, I don't really know where you land now, like, where if you jump in right now and you go, I'll read the Spider-Verse comic, then you might just be like, oh, this is like the movie, but worse. I'm going. To, I'm not going to read the comics <laughs> yeah. anymore. You yeah. Know? Read the uh, individual spin-offs. Yeah, the miniseries have been good. The Spider-Punk mini uh, that came out like uh, like last year, I think, written mm-hmm. by Cody Ziegler, that is really good. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It's a bit different from the movies, uh, Hobie. <laughs> but yeah. like, they're both great. Uh, uh-huh. And that's worth reading. 
But yeah. like, see, I I think a, that's a good example because Hobie in this movie, um, <laughs> he, you know that he uh, isn't gonna follow the pack, mm-hmm. so it makes so much sense when stuff starts going down and he just bones out and he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm done. And that kind of thing would not happen in the comic because he has to be there in every issue. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're thinking, wait, why would that, why would Spider-Punk even be here? It doesn't matter. Cause this isn't about the characters. This is about like getting some one-liners and um, focusing on the plot, which isn't particularly interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I'm. 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 I'm amped up about comics right now because, like, <laughs> dance dance lot. Who, uh, much like you, Diego, I have been a long time defender of, um, has come back with the Spider Verse event again, which is not good, and, um, and has now announced that he's come back to do Superior Spider Man again. Yeah. Uh, which is frustrating for me because I really like the original uh, one he did. Then they relaunched it, written by Christos Gage, and I really liked that series, and it got cancelled. And now it's back again, but Dan Slott's doing it, and I just... I, we don't need to keep rehashing uh, these ideas. No, 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 we don't. And yeah, I wanted, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that because you, you, had, you had raised a point earlier as I also got upset at comics. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and just like that original Superior Spider-Man run, it has wonky stuff at the beginning and some oh, yeah. very, how do I say, problematic elements mm-hmm. at yeah. the top that people have rightfully criticized and I, I'm completely in agreement with, um, in, in regards to some, I'll just say very, very rapey vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, just a heads up there. So it's like. I, I can't even fully endorse that comic, obviously, but like by the end of it, it, it is such a love letter to Peter Parker's Spider-Man, which is what people felt the opposite of when it was first announced, you know? Mm-hmm. And even though it was only 10 years ago, people were still like, how are you going to kill off Peter Parker and make Doc Ock Spider-Man? That's insulting the character. And it's like, well, he's going to come back. Yeah. Like no one, no one talked about that back then, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole thing. Like, like Jackie brought up, like people are furious right now with Spider-Man comics because they're killing off Kamala Khan in Spider-Man, which is you know idiotic and stupid, and that's that's almost as stupid as if I was watching like uh, the Book of Boba Fett, and if for some reason they resolved stuff from season two of The Mandalorian, that would that would upset yeah. me, and that would turn me off to both shows completely forever, right? Like that would be no one would be that stupid to do that though. Um, <laughs> but like you know, people are, are upset about that. And it's just like it's it's so hard to to get people to read comics because there's always something like that happening now because everything has to serve as something else has to serve something else and then it's like even an interesting idea like like Spider Gwen I also did like that initial run of comics by the way big mm-hmm. it's like that and Kamala Khan Miss Marvel hitting within like a year of each other I was mm-hmm. like yeah maybe comics are back and like no mm-hmm. I I dropped out like a year after that but. Yeah, but there's like signs of life there. It totally is just like these structural things from the business side, and these this this need to adhere to a, a semblance of canon for the old nerds who are like, well, this is what they've been for so long. Yeah. Um, which brings me to my well, ultimate point about how this movie is basically crying out 
for people to stop giving a fuck about that stuff mm-hmm. because I think metatextually this movie works much better than it does like structurally as a, as a as a regular movie story and I'm okay with that. I am surprised to see less pushback against that though, if that makes sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not a, a criticizing the movie for its decision to be that or to do that, right. but I am just surprised when people are like not having a problem with that either i guess i I have seen a lot of cryptic tweets which i was kind of half ignoring because i was avoiding spoilers uh before i watched it of of like comic people being like great movie have some real issues with certain things Mm -hmm. but i won't go into them because of spoilers Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of that so i don't know if that's related or whether they're all just mad about ben (laughs) riley maybe Um, yeah maybe they are but um, is there is there anything in speci- uh, like specific that you were expecting people to get uh, upset about with this? Um, I mean, just straight up calling stuff canon and being like, mm-hmm. oh well, Miles can break it because he's the anomaly. Like that's mm-hmm. where it's all leading to, right? Like it's yeah. I, I don't think the movies are subtle about that. I don't think it has to be or should be. Um, that's where it's all leading to. This is Matrix Reloaded. The next one will be Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, and for people that are upset about that statement, um. It, you're wrong. Those movies are awesome, especially mm-hmm. Revolutions. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, I, I think, uh, yeah, like, oh, the, an Uncle Ben has to die for Miles. That's his uncle. Um, and then a, a police captain has to die. And it's like, that's his dad now. And it's mm-hmm. like, these are different rules that I also think are kind of a little wonky in the movie. I, I think mm-hmm. it's a little a little loose um Mm -hmm. i can roll with it but i i had a conversation with with another friend of mine who was like i don't really buy this um because it feels like for a movie that's so metatextually clever no one brings up that like well miles already had his tragedy with his Mm -hmm. uncle um Mm -hmm. and if he's an anomaly then why does he have to adhere to it like i don't i don't know stuff right right weird stuff um but i guess in in regards to your question jack like I, i think the thing that I I was most surprised by like not having pushback was Peter Parker as a dad. Mm-hmm. And it turns out because most people right. are like me and just want to see Peter Parker do other <laughs> things besides be a sad loser uh, all the yeah. time, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. that is part of his charm. But then yeah. even the first Spider-Verse movie like evolved that into a new thing. It's a it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's a middle-aged Spider-Man who's got different problems than if he was a yeah. teen, you know? Yeah. And there, there's still things to overcome. And I'll just, I'm, I'm going to get all fucking, like, I'm going to be preaching right now from my, mm-hmm. my soapbox. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do think a big part of, of this is, like, nerds are not willing to embrace change because it's, like, well, if these things that have been, like, so continuous on this singular foundation, if those change, like, well, everything else can change. Like, I need this to be constant. I need this to be, like, a solid thing I can go back to and look to. Mm-hmm. all the time and it's like you know i hate to break it to you but um nothing in life is like that you know mm-hmm. uh, let yeah. alone art like art can you can you can regurgitate art like a lot has mm-hmm. been in the last decade of movies and yeah. um you know we've, we've seen the significant shortcomings of that and if, if we don't evolve our art we're, we're it's probably a bad sign for not evolving the rest of the world around us, including our own lives. So um, that's, also, that's my, my preaching for the day. <laughs> I also think that it barely stands up with 
uh, a character that has what what is it like uh, uh, sixty years? Yeah, or fifty sixty, years. 60 of uh, comics. You yeah. know, there's uh, like even if you're if you're going up until the point where I think a lot of people think the comics kind of went off the rails uh, with uh, like one more day mm -hmm. and the um, I guess the ultimate sort of like Peter Parker can't grow up and get married because we're going to use magic to undo it. Yeah. Um, and uh, even if you're going up to that, that's still decades of Spider-Man stories of him being young. Uh, and the funny thing is the start of that run involves um, uh, uh, it involves him being like he's with Mary Jane, but they're separated mm. for a while. And they're dealing with the difficulties of a relationship being apart, but not really being apart. And then he becomes a high school teacher. And those stories of him being a high school teacher, um, like trying to look after his students and finding out one of them is troubled and then helping her as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Those are really good stories. Mm -hmm. And I think showed an evolution. And then they ended that run with you know undoing uh so much of it mm -hmm. um and i think yeah like that was the first thing i thought when you see him you know with in this movie you see uh that peter parker going back to mary jane and him sort of saying like you didn't take the baby with you did you you know and that kind of thing it's like that way he can kind of be kind of a uh goofy mm. uh character who kind of screws around and gets things wrong still um and is funny but um still like you know develop in his life uh yeah because yeah no, no one wants to see a peter parker who was fully functional um right. but that doesn't mean a peter parker who's you know 19 for forever you know yeah. Um, yeah even though tom holland probably will look that age forever <laughs> no, yeah, he, he he will. That's why he could play Spider Man for another ten years. You know, ten I mean? years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I, I hope we get more of that in the next movie as well, because that that would be like another one of these like small complaints I had would be stuff like, uh, I would have just liked to have more of his character. I would have liked to have more of him and Miles talking. Um, yeah, and it doesn't feel it didn't necessarily feel like there was room in the movie for it. And I just hope that means that we're getting more of that in the next one, because I got, for instance, I got so much good, uh, spider Gwen, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I, I felt okay. That maybe, uh, like, cer like certain storytelling things that felt kind of almost like pragmatic. Like we got a bit of, um, Oscar Isaac's, uh, Spider-Man 2099, mm -hmm. uh, but like primarily like kind of as an antagonist which yeah. i thought was kind of like a smart move because in those comics uh which are worth reading but a real mixed bag <laughs> um and um they they in the, in those uh comics he's kind of a douchebag like he's kind of uh you know often selfish or just like I don't know. There's like a complicated psychology to him, but he's like deep down a good person. And I think that means he could 
be that character for this and then maybe in the next one we get more of the hero side of him like mm-hmm. more of a different side of him and that's that's why it's hard sometimes to like i almost don't know if this is a if this is quite a five star movie for me or not because there's a number of things which i'm thinking well yeah sure they'll do that in the next one and i have been burned by that quite a oh. few times <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that's and i am getting say. i'm getting flashbacks to you know um in a like so many conversations i'd had about the mcu prior to endgame where uh, i sometimes i i've been on both sides of the argument but like a lot of the time i'd say ah oh, you know i really wish like uh, we got to see a conversation between these characters or for this to be properly resolved. And then someone would say, yeah, but they'll do that in the next one. And then I'd say, yeah, I bet they're not though. <laughs> and then they don't. And then they, they, they yep. just don't. And uh, Never I, did. I think like when I saw Endgame, um, I felt like I couldn't express how much I didn't like it because I didn't quite understand why I didn't like it so much. And also everyone was so excited about it. I didn't want to be like the one guy. Well, I mean, I mean, there's Diego, Diego. So one of two guys yelling about how it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like, as time goes on, the more I'm just like, yeah, Endgame does not hold up and it doesn't serve infinity war as a movie. It doesn't no. serve. It's not a good part two to the part one. Um, so there's definitely, room for the next one to be disappointment mm-hmm. but i do think that there's a lot in this movie which they set up in a way where it's quite safe you know like there isn't a lot of unresolved stuff in this that um you know you there's not like head scratches where you're like how are they gonna you know untangle this mess of law they've made you know right there's nothing like that there's it feels like, yeah, everything's ramping up. We've added a few new elements. And you can see stuff like, um, you know, the the other Miles, who is now like the Prowler. Mm-hmm. You can understand, you can kind of guess where they're going. Like having Miles have a comparison of like, you know, this is you if you didn't have the good things in your life. Yeah. Um, it's like it's a wonderful well, life sort of story. Yeah, yeah, it totally yeah. is. And uh, I, you can see them going that way with it, and maybe even saying something about like how privilege and luck can kind of like completely transform your situation and the things you do. You know, because like when you think like this, that version of Miles doesn't seem like a hero, um, and maybe you know, in the scheme of things that they're talking about, like from the spider society side of things that just makes him canonically a bad guy, you know, and that's a very simple way to look at it. So you can see where they're going, but it doesn't feel like they've trapped themselves in a box that, you know, the MCU often just like, they get into a corner and they'll be like, Oh, how are they going to get out of this one? And then the answer is usually like, uh, yeah, there was a door in this corner, actually, and <laughs> you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was always some bullshit, and mm-hmm. um, and I, so I've got more trust in this one, but like, you know, there's a little bit of like uncertainty, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. there's there's yeah. definitely like a history of part twos being a letdown. Um, mm-hmm. I love yeah. Deathly Hallows Part One. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
I love most of Deathly Hollows Part Two, mm-hmm. and then the last fifteen minutes just like it just stops being a movie. Mm. Like I, I brought this up before because Matt got uh-huh. me heated about J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter because yeah. of course because fuck her mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. fuck turfs obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fucking oh, yeah, just the... speaking speaking on behalf of like uh, all British people. Uh, of my age range and general politics, fuck J.K. Rowling. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Just, just need to get that out of the way. <laughs> Thank you. No, What's that's great. And, and, fu- and fuck the monarchy while we're here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hobie Brown. Sorry, vibes. continue. Yeah, no, no, this is great. This is great. Um, mm-hmm. but like you know, I just remember like that bit at the end where like Hagrid, his like symbolic like father figure or uncle, uh, like or yeah. godparent, he just taps Harry on the shoulders and goes <laughs> Harry, and then he walks out of frame. Like it's yeah. a fucking SNL skit. Yeah, you know? I, I was so gonna like, say part twos can fail with the same yeah. creative team. I do have significantly more faith in this team mm-hmm. for sure. I was gonna say, did you uh, did you did Matt or someone bring up where Voldemort dies a different way because they didn't want to show his body because of Osama bin Laden being yes, killed? Of, of, of course, Matt brought that up. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> of course. He that's did. the most weirdest thing i've ever like bizarre yeah. reasoning for anything they're like well we can't show a body or, or you know what here's here's another part in. two here's another part two uh-huh. uh story uh-huh. for um mm. uh, because i i would call the spider-verse movies like ya fiction like you uh-huh. know, i don't, I don't I, mean that i think people see that as like a derogatory thing and it's like sure. they're annoying on twitter but like it's not the same thing as quality of, of work um yeah, well, genuinely... Spider-Man fans are annoying on Twitter. Yeah. Spider-Man yeah. fans here, are here fucking... we are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man fans are a different breed, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but like, I think of like the Hunger Games. I actually like Ooh. that trilogy. Um, I even like Mockingjay Part One a lot. I think it's a very interesting movie about propaganda in, during war and like oppression. And mm. then Part Two comes out, and it's just like, yeah, we couldn't fix anything from the book, so it's just like a di- <laughs> you're just watching a disaster. Mm-hmm. like steamroll uh, for two hours know, if you if you hadn't brought it up i was ju- i was just about to bring that up because i i didn't really like the hunger games that much so i was surprised with how much uh i loved <laughs> sorry i've got siri talking to me right now oh no she's <laughs> always listening uh, it's ultron I... they're bringing him back <laughs> i heard that say, what was that how i turn this off because he's trying to call my sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not what I asked for. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I said, but it probably sounded like the S word. Huh. Um, hmm. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, wasn't a huge fan of Hunger Games. Was surprised by how much I loved Catching Fire, mm-hmm. and then I loved uh, Mockingjay Part One even more. I thought yeah. they did they like you said with the propaganda stuff, also just the the PTSD stuff. The acting was great. You know, it was just all around a really good movie. And I was so disappointed with the part two. Yeah. Um, that, it, you know, and, and and as far as I know, that was all the same, uh, like you said, the same like people, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, what happened there. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> talented people who made books that are, you know, they, they had their time, but mm-hmm. they really, I think, elevated the material and just didn't happen. So it's like, you know, on some level, I will still have my guard up because again, like the spider verse stuff in general is not my bag. I don't Mm -hmm. like that. This is so associated with Spider-Man fundamentally. Right. Yeah. The exception of these movies, which have proven to be very emotionally honest and great coming of age stories and uh, just the whole works. Yeah. But 
you know, there's always the chance. We're all human. Human beings can make mistakes, but they can also surprise us. And that's, you know, that's that's the wonder of of art. Machines cannot do that, you know. So, uh, is is yeah. there any parts of this movie uh, with the interconnectivity, the Spider Verse parts that didn't work for you guys? Uh, one kind of like or did work, you know? Yeah, one one's like sticking out for me because I'm like I don't understand the thought process where, um. I guess for um, Donald Glover's cameo as, I guess, MCU Prowler. I don't think it's here because I've seen people well, bring that up already. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not shooting you down because I, I don't know their thought process behind it either. Yeah. I don't think they thought about like, this is MCU Prowler. I just think, because if we're going with the thesis I have about maybe uh-huh. them not being fans of that oh, iteration, okay. right? They're like, hey, they're, they didn't use this guy they set up. Yeah. Donald Glover, who inspired the very creation of miles morales mm-hmm. put him in our fucking movie give yeah. him something you know and it's like so if you know about that um that campaign from from donald glover back in the day where he's like why can't spider-man be a black guy why can't i play spider-man mm-hmm. which is how you get miles morales you know then it's, yeah. if if you know that then this is a great cameo for that if you just know him from mcu spider-man appearance then okay you know that that is um uh, the prowler mm-hmm. and so you, it works like multiple folds for me. Okay. I don't. I don't really need an answer whether yeah. it is or is not MCU thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Just because I don't think they even know what they're doing next, and I don't care. Sure. Yeah. So. I, I just felt like it was like I was like thinking like, are they trying to like tease that or something? Or but I, I doubt like for I think, MCU. Yeah. I think in a weird way, I feel very mixed on it. But I think the reaction they were looking for is the reaction I gave them, which is to go, yo, it's Don Glover, you know? Yeah. And I think that was about as much as they thought about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, little... um, yeah. So I think like there's a, uh, I, I had a complicated reaction to it because I, I, I thought it was cool. But at the same time, it also felt like they were, you know, I guess it's different because that you know it's not the same people making right. uh, the film, but like it did feel like a this is what you could have had, this is what we promised, pretty much. Yeah. Because he turned up and he made reference to someone who was clearly Miles in that universe, um, and that was already a like a bit of a downgrade because it's kind of like I you know I've always been a huge Donald Glover fan, mm-hmm. and he's only gone on to do better and better things um and his uh i always wanted him as peter parker or mm-hmm. as miles yeah um and then you know just having that possibility downgraded and downgraded until okay well he's a he's a cameo who kind of seems like he might be related to miles morales in another you know peter parker white peter parker story um and then and now we're also just not going to bring him back, you know. Um, we're yeah. not going to like follow up on any of the homecoming stuff, really. Um, right. And then dropping him in now, I also think the live action amidst the other animation was the one visual thing that looked super weird in yeah, not a good like, way. Mm-hmm. And then so, like when you have uh, like Mrs. Yeah. Chen, I guess from Venom. Right. Pop that up. that was that was my least favorite part of the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. It's it's also it's one of those uh uh cameo appearances where they clearly just reused footage from yeah. the last appearance. Yep. You know? I do think yeah. with that 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 I it almost made me laugh because of how it was almost like 
well, we got to do uh, some. We got to do some promo for the Venom universe, the, the Sony verse. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, we're, <laughs> we're yeah, we're not going to do Morbius, obviously. Although <laughs> yeah. I do think there's a, there's a joke about like a vampire being a good guy that I think is mm. about like referencing Morbius. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but there's a, a mm-hmm. uh, there's a um, but when they um yeah when when they they go to that it's like remember these uh scenes that kind of went on too long in the venom movies that were also like meant to be funny but like not really funny (laughs) and i don't like those movies i enjoy them for various (laughs) other reasons but like they're those were like my some of my least favorite parts of movies which I didn't like, and those are the cameos to remind you of those movies. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, remember this this sort of like you know at the bottom of the cool sheet sort of uh, stuff." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It reminds you, it is a work. Sony movie. It is made yeah. by Sony. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, say, and mm-hmm. I, did you guys feel like did that also feel like how did you feel about the uh, the live action like? reused stuff of like showing like canon moments and like showing yeah. like you know martin sheen dying in amazing spider-man or something like that i was uh i was a little confused um by it because it's like their logic at least i got from that was um because they already kind of did that in the first movie where they recreated stuff from the raimi spider-man like they reused the uh cliff robinson's like um his voice and then they pretty much used him as the model for uncle ben so I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I, don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a one to one comparison because that was for Peter B. Parker, who is yeah. not Raimi verse Spider Man. Oh, but right? you, you know what I mean, like yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, they already they, had something similar. Yeah. I this also leads me to my further point that these people don't like what they've done with MCU Spider Man, and I'm not mm-hmm. even saying that to be a hater because I, I still sure, defend yeah. Homecoming. I'm the one last Homecoming defender <laughs> online. Yeah, um, I I think they just like they took. From the first movie, let's start there first. They yeah. took the most iconic images from Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. so they could have a shorthand for new audiences in the animated movies yeah. that this is the Spider-Man mythos. And the beauty of the Raimi trilogy, all mm. three of them, you don't even have to like the third movie like I do, but like the, all three of them have moments that are not just iconic in superhero movies. They're like... The, the general public knows Good. the upside down kiss because of that first movie. That yeah. is an iconic movie kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like people, I think, underestimate the value of those three movies. The dancing, which people have now reclaimed as like <laughs> yeah. a really fun thing to do relating to Spider-Man specifically. Like mm-hmm. love or hate that movie. Like that is part of like the cultural lexicon now. Mm-hmm. A lot of other superhero movies don't have that. No. Let alone yeah. Spider-Man moments. The amazing Spider-Man moment that popped up to my recollection the most in, in this movie, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, is when... It's my favorite moment in The Amazing Spider-Man. When Captain Stacy's dying, and they're, they're basically just doing... He has two Uncle Bens in that movie. That's really what The Amazing Spider-Man fucks up, is that mm-hmm. well, now Captain Stacy is more important than his Uncle Ben, and it's like the whole other can of worms. Right, right, right. right? But I, I think it's a good moment in that bad movie. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't really have a lot of iconic individual moments as Peter Parker or Spider-Man. And it's not this actor's fault, my sweet, innocent baby boy, Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his movies don't have that. They don't have no. an emotional core or a staying power. Yeah. Um, 
like the the most I could think of is just where they copy that scene from uh, the Spider Man comics where he's lifting up the rubble, and that's the yeah. only thing yeah. I could think of. Yeah, and he has the height himself uh, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and un- unfortunately, that's that's probably the most iconic one, and is also like a, an adaptation that felt really flat for me. Mm. I might be the only one there, but um, mm-hmm. no, people don't love... don't care for that first one anymore. Really, mm. I feel. I mean, I know I, I like that movie uh, for in a lot of ways. I just I just remember that moment being like, this is pr- from one of the best comics I've ever read. Yeah. It really so is. it's a high bar, and I did not feel like there was a build to it. Mm. it. And it also kind of looked like he was like lifting like the weight of like a TV off his head or something. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it didn't feel com- very grand. Yeah, um, the comics he's lifting like the whole building there pretty much, right? It's yeah, and it's at the end of like a like it's very much like I think Aunt May's life is on the line, yeah. and and like you know, there's just so much pressure um at the yeah. end of a story arc is you know yeah good good writer that's that. a whole other yeah good writer that steve ditko we can <laughs> we can get into a whole can of worms about like well here's what i would have done with the homecoming yeah. trilogy but we don't have time for that because we're going to talk about a great movie um yeah shout um... out to uh this is this is at least my last point i think mm-hmm. or at least you know what too let me let me let me get one more gripe out of the way sure sure i don't really buy that peter b parker doesn't immediately look out for miles they have a conversation in the middle of the chase we leave it up to the audience to determine whether or not he was or was not calling the other spider people to his location mm-hmm. i don't really buy that that guy sells miles out and I, I don't buy that he doesn't try to help him out from the jump the fact that hobie does makes a lot of sense to me punk rock anarchist yeah. fuck the mm-hmm. system type guy <laughs> and pieces yeah. out immediately because he's like all oh, this is fucked yeah oh, awesome awesome yeah. immediate fan favorite um <laughs> and uh I, I don't really buy that peter parker would have done that not that i need him to be an upstanding yeah. perfect guy either though i think we've yeah. I, I think we've all talked about variations of that too. yeah he, he felt very like easily swayed i guess by their uh their mission i guess for, i think uh, yeah i think there are ways they could explain it from a character point of view but it's you know that i i could say but like they're not really in the movie you know yeah um, yeah you could make it a thing about him like miguel is like the uh, more of a like quote-unquote perfect like responsible uh spider-man and he is like overwhelmed with this kid uh and mm. focused on his own stuff and you know letting everything else slide and just going with uh someone who he's like oh well this guy seems like he knows what he's doing sort of thing um there's ways that they could explain that and maybe they will in the next one uh and that that that, that's that problem again of like there's a few things like that where i feel like they could you know address it in the next one a bit but i it it worked for me but it does require like a a few little jumps um yeah uh leaps Mm -hmm. of faith you know yeah yeah some some character character uh writing was a little like dodgy i guess too like because gwen kind of like screws him over a bit too that one i can at least because she does she she fucks yeah. up in this movie but considering like what happens with the opening mm. you redo her origin like like jack mentioned from the comic right mm. um i can at least understand that more because it's like she's just been rejected from her home her father yeah shoots at her he doesn't shoot 
at her directly, but you know, he shoots like above her to stop her from trying to escape. Like mm-hmm. that, that is an act of violence. Like her, her home is, is gone as far yeah. as she knows by that point in the film. She has been rejected by her father, who is a cop. So already yeah. like a whole thorny subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so Miguel does rule out of fear. He does control her out of fear, you know, um, which is why he's a great antagonist. It's like yeah. he, he thinks he has to control everything. Like, there's a whole fucking thesis you could write on how yeah. good that character is as an antagonist. But at least that one kind of makes sense for me. Like the most I can kind of hand wave Peter's deal is like, oh, he's he's fucking he's babysitting his little baby. He, he's in love b- with being a dad because of Miles, mm-hmm. which then just leads me back to the whole point about like, well, he loves Miles so much. Like, I feel like he would have been like, whoa, whoa, Miguel, calm down. Yeah, and we get like a split second of that. Not, but it's more feels like more to address like a note than a yeah, character moment, I guess. Exactly. But, you know. I uh, I wish we got more of the spot because actually I was really enjoying Jason Schwartzman. This yeah, you you guys go because I'm gonna fucking rant about how great the spot is. It's just like a visual yeah, yeah. conception. Did you, well, did you guys hear I it mean, was suggested by our Avi Arad? Yeah, by all people. Oh really? Well, <laughs> hey, well, well, hey, you know what? Avi Arad has had yeah. his ups and downs. <laughs> that dude is instrumental in making yeah. that original Raimi trilogy what sure, it yeah. was, for better and worse, mm-hmm. as we yep. all know. But. Mm-hmm. He has He's not always had bad instincts. Yeah, of knowledge for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna say? I, f- uh, I think like the spot, like I c- if I'm uh, just throwing some self promo for myself mm-hmm. on podcast yeah. that night. Yeah, 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 yeah please, a, please. Yeah, I remember we, that. We episode. did a we did an episode on the spot uh, because he turns up in the in the cartoon, uh, uh, for the ninety four cartoon, um, and so we talked about that obviously. But then we did a side uh, weird law. A uh, weird little bullshit <laughs> corner, uh, mm-hmm. which is the name of the side series that we do uh, about like the Spider-Man comics and stuff. We spoke about the Spots comic history, which is pretty crazy. Um, but he is uh, like a perfect choice, I think, for this mm-hmm. movie in that he is a real like villain of the week, like D-lister that mm-hmm. you can make more out of because he has such an interesting power set um but also like i you can kind of go a bit off canon with him and it doesn't really matter because no one's like really defending him like i love the spot in the comics but i don't give a shit what you do with that character because it's the spot you know there's one guy Um, on hollywood boulevard who walked out of the theater like they fucked him up fucked up the spot yeah well yeah and there's there's a um i they they have tried it in the comics of like doing darker stuff with the spot. Mm. Um, there's some Daredevil comics where he's like wiping out dudes and in interesting ways, you know. Mm. Um, but I think in this they 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 kind of milked him for you know all he's worth of like getting the uh, the, the the goofy shenanigans of like the those first fights and then having him power up and show a more imaginative usage. And then who knows what's in the next one, but yeah. like he he's now like, you know, calamity spot, like mm-hmm. you know, end of the world stuff. Um, so who knows? But the, he looked great and the evolution of like uh how you know uh, that, how he was animated um was really interesting. Um I really loved how uh, they looked. And also Jason Schwartzman, you know, was great. He was really yeah. funny. I kind of had this guess. feeling when I, I heard he was the the villain, and you see Miguel O'Hara kind of get the spotlight in the trailers 
which I know Jack, you missed, but like this is this is my feelings leading into the movie. I was like, all right, well, Miguel is going to be kind of like the B villain, and they're marketing him as the A villain. Then it'll be the spot, and it's like kind of flipped this time. And I guess the spot will be the main threshold to cross in the third movie, which is fine with yeah. me, right? He does kind of disappear for a little bit of the movie, yep. but mm-hmm. um, you know, take that or leave it. Uh, but like I had this feeling when they announced Jason Schwartzman as the spot, I was like, well, he could do like goofy, funny. But I remember him in Scott Pilgrim. And I, I think people really underestimated performance in that movie. He's real scary in that movie. Yeah. He's a real creep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a real good love to hate villain in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, you see the trailers and you hear his like goofy bits. And I'm like, I know this is funny, but like this is kind of unsettling. I think he's going to get really scary at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And boy, was I right. Because that's a yeah. terrifying visual by the oh, end. Yeah, no, it's like a great cliffhanger. I was going to say, they have uh, Spider-Man Noir in the next one. Yeah, they, right. they bring back everyone from the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. first movie with cousins Nick Cage and Jason Swartzen. Oh, well, they, they got to <laughs> the throw movie. down. In the movie. They got to throw down at some point. You know? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that's great. Well, because I, I always think of uh, Nick Cage whenever mm-hmm. he talks about his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, and he wanted to be in The Godfather Part 3. Do you guys know this story? No, I don't. No. Okay, well, he was like, you know, and I I just done Valley Girl, and uh, I, I heard my uncle was going to make another Godfather, and I said, uncle, you got to put me in the movie. He's like, well, you got to you gotta audition like everyone else, and oh. you know, he didn't do it, but maybe one day we could work together, and I was like, god damn, dude. And then... Uh... <laughs> Oh no, then, he's in, he's in Peggy Sue got married, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just remember that he was like he wanted to be in Godfather Part Three, and his uncle was like, "No, <laughs> like, dude." Well, yeah, that's kind of ironic too, because then he just cast his daughter. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was yeah. You know, he didn't kind of head into it doing that. Yeah, but, I um, missed that character actually in this movie, Spider Man Noir. I did too. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess there'll be a conversation next time where they're like, "Hey, well." Fucking, we weren't invited, mm-hmm. you know. Like, what the hell? Yeah. You mean Spider Ham? Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we could start winding down a little bit. Uh, if there, well, you know what? Here, you, yeah, guys, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you guys uh, think it's interesting that, like, I I feel like the uh, people didn't know how they were going to handle the cop stuff. Mm. Uh, in this movie, given yeah. how like central his police officer father is uh, in the first one, and then the kind of culture has changed about how people want to, what what people want to see, mm-hmm. um, since uh, the first Spider Verse, and then they didn't, you know, like tone it back or you know make him not a cop or anything, but they did it like bring in a plot element where if you get promoted you get killed <laughs> yeah 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 um, which is why uh, no one should be a police officer it's for your yeah. own good you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, so... otherwise the spot will kill you yeah <laughs> I, I i was gonna add that uh they kind of did the thing from the miles morales game i noticed where they don't have right. the nypd which is a terrible organization they make it like pdny so i did oh. notice that so because they do that in the game to like like we don't want the connotation which is like i don't know That's i don't know interesting yeah mm-hmm. how much i could speak to that but i did notice that and then i guess they kind of i don't know they had that conversation with gwen's dad where like she was saying like oh you know you're like a good person so like like a bad person won't 
like do stuff as like a cop so i don't know i mean she does she does call him she goes like you're a good cop dad but Mm -hmm. and it's like there's enough wiggle room for me to be like you know maybe they're trying to to fucking wiggle something in there right but Mm -hmm. the ultimate point i think does save it for me where Mm -hmm. he's like i i'm gonna give all that up because i want to be a good father more than anything else and i yeah he doesn't say he fucked up but he he does recognize that he did lose his daughter because of his own actions you know what i mean yeah and like that's that's just a great moment but it was also like i feel like someone out there in this movie is like we can't do that yeah <laughs> you know? yeah I, I think i think yeah they were they were trying so yeah least, i mean I'm, yeah. I'm hoping maybe they're all like phil lord and chris miller are actually like yeah we're pro police and i'm like no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i know well, yeah I yeah like, either, uh, either way i don't think they were ever gonna make any any kind of like they weren't gonna rock the boat too much you know yeah. if it's a production this big uh, yeah, yeah, that was not going to happen. But um, it did, it did amuse me that it ended up kind of being like uh, all captains are buried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get Gwen. They get uh, George Stacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think like, yeah, and again, all that stuff was good evolution of the stuff they did in the first film about like what people lose and that like going into what Spider Man, but we guess we don't know what the f- full thesis is, you know, until mm-hmm. as of yet. Till next time. Yeah, next year. Um, I guess my, my last thing and then I'll let you guys do uh last thoughts, but I, I think it's important to bring up. Um I really loved uh Karen Sony as Pavitir Pab Pab yeah, great. the yeah. Spider Man India. There is, yeah, I think, some very important criticism that we should all hear about that sequence in the film mm, uh, with Mumbatan, sure. which is strange collaboration. Of, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I there's a lot of New Yorks, and the Indian one gets gets labeled as the Indian one. Feels mm. um, strange to me, but mm-hmm. this is from uh, critic uh, writer Sedanta Blaka. I'm a big fan of his. We, we go way back mm-hmm. on the Twitter space, but. Uh, he wrote in his mostly positive review of the movie as well. I, I'm just going to quote it out here. While on a mission to Miles' world, Gwen ends up taking a detour to catch up with him. They're perhaps the only two people who understand each other's burdens, but this takes a disastrous turn as Miles ends up making his way to alternate dimensions where it doesn't belong, resulting in Miguel and the other spider people reluctantly bringing him into the fold of their multiverse protecting plan, which as it turns out involves more than VTI. One of these otherworldly dimensions is dubbed Mumbatan, a portmanteau of Mumbai and Manhattan, an India-inspired world protected by its own Spider-Man, Pavitir, Prabhakar, Karen Sony, though it's here that the movie's otherwise plentiful artistic inspiration seems to run dry. When Gwen and Miles' worlds each have unique and specific comic influences, Pavitir's is neither drawn from a recognizable art style, Indian or otherwise, nor are its aesthetics used to say anything of note about its central hero. Instead, Mumbatan is often reduced to one-note jokes about the country's crowded streets. The character Pavatir, first introduced as Spider-Man India in 2004, is at least afforded the more unique and culturally specific costume of his more recent comic appearances, compared to the basic Spider-Man but in a dhati and uncomfortable pointed shoes of his introduction, though he unfortunately retains the character's initial purpose. Spider-Man, but with a Western conception of Indianness, grafted onto him. Mm. And I think that is, unfortunately, something I, I I agree with. I really like that character. I love 
the 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 vibe he brings to that like that that core four group that they have in this movie with Spider Gwen, Miles, Hobie, and Pavitir. Like that's a whole movie in and of itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like the sequence. I like the action. I like all the character stuff. Um, that's where Spot escalates into something fucking Eldritchian. You know, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic, but. You know, at the end of the day, this, this is a movie made by mostly white guys, and yeah. I'm sure they tried to be well-intentioned even with this. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it missed the mark. Yeah, and um, it's important to listen to criticism like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think that criticism is really, uh, really apt. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, but I, I'll, I'll link it in the the description of the episode too for the uh-huh. full review, so yeah. people can check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, Siddons is a uh, he's a great writer, uh, and he's written a lot about comic book movies and stuff in a really intelligent way. I remember he did like a long run, maybe before Endgame, where he did like a essay on each MCU movie, mm. like going into yes. their politics and stuff. It was really good reading and. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't got nothing to add really to what he said. I mean, I loved the character. The setting was lacking, um, mm. and I think it's lacking for all the reasons that he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, on on a more positive note, like I really did get a kick out of him being like, "Oh wow, the tension is palpable." Does he know about Hobie? <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh," and he's like, "Oh, he didn't." Like, and he's, <laughs> I mean, he's totally the audience. That character, Puppeteer, is totally the audience. Uh-huh. Just like, mm-hmm. like, what's gonna happen with this romance? Like, it's, yeah. it's so good. And um, I'm glad he's also in the team at the end of uh, yeah, the Spider People that Gwen has assembled. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that was uh, that I'm. I mean, we're all super excited about that next movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess it, anything else? Final thoughts we want to cover? Thumbs up, thumbs down, um, surprise twist, thumbs down. Yeah. No, I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, of course, thumbs up. I was going to say I really um, appreciated the uh, cameos because I felt like um, like cameos as in like stuff I wanted to see, like Spectacular Spider-Man or mm-hmm. um, like Insomniac. Well, that one was kind of like a, that was a fun little gag, yeah. Insomniac <laughs> Spider-Man. But I appreciated some of them because they felt like very like story driven, like, you know, the Spectacular Spider-Man's talking about like Uncle Ben, things like that. So. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was more than because I'm not not sure if you guys read the there was like a behind the scenes thing for Daredevil and Home or No Way Home where they're talking about like Charlie Cox who's like yeah you know like why do you want me to like stand here for like when I'm when they're blocking the scene why do you want me to stand here for like two seconds instead like can I just like go there like no this is where the audience is gonna clap you need to hold that hold that for one second and then like move there yeah so, you know it's, like it's so cynical and gross. yeah yeah g- great point so you know what i mean yeah i agree but i also did clap <laughs> oh well, yeah sure. but yeah it felt it felt like it was more than you know someone some like made for some tiktoker to like do a tiktok on it or you know yeah. easter egg videos so you know you know, you know i will say i if this gets a, a like a, a renaissance of spectacular spider-man yeah, and we get show. more seasons. I'll yeah. fucking she, apparently Greg Wiseman didn't know he was in yeah. the movie. Yeah, that's what um, I heard too. And he's not working right now, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so you know, I give do, him a call. Yeah, it, it it would make a lot of sense to continue that. And uh, while we're at it, let's continue Avengers of Mightiest Heroes if we're talking about cancelled yes, great Marvel show. cartoons. God. <laughs> God, what a what a but, great period we had, and then Jeff Lowe, yeah. like canceled all of it, mm-hmm. and then everything became very MCU centric. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but um, 
but this one's good yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this is this is good um we probably don't need to like i'm not even being cynical because uh, i'm also coming off guardians 3 which i mean if you if you know me you know i was in the bag for that but like i was really blown yeah. away about how much i love that mm-hmm. and i think works as an ending to all the live action marvel stuff like I, yeah. I have no interest in catching up on ones i missed anymore or checking out and not even out of anger just like i've had my ending like i'm mm-hmm. happy with that I, I i that's a fantastic movie um superhero stuff should just be animated at this point you can do so much mm-hmm. more look at what they did yeah. here even if you're like not a fan of the, the of like the character or the plot stuff happening like this is remarkably impressive shit um it's probably inspired thousands of kids to get an animation or filmmaking at this point yeah. look at like, that kid that did the lego version of the trailer yeah that's fucking wild like mm-hmm. i i mean who doesn't like legos you know yeah um yeah, this this is a net positive as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, I guess come back next year, well, so we can talk about yeah, the next one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I I think as well. Like my my last thought on it really is that like a lot like a lot of act like action oriented like animation blockbusters sometimes like it's too much for me to process, especially on a big screen. You know, it's just like I can't focus on everything never had that issue in this movie there's a lot going on but they do a really good job of like having a focal point for all the action and you know so that it's never overwhelming you know and i think if you if you make it like that then yeah like you said all this genre subgenre should be animated like there's no reason uh mm-hmm. you know to to mess around with the big budget live action stuff that ends up looking worse yeah <laughs> But yeah. I thought everyone loved Ant Man. Anyways, Gene, final <laughs> thoughts. No, it's uh, it's certainly great. I think it's going to be in my, you know, I'm going to go see it again later today. So nice. I think it'll probably make my like top five of like Spider Man movies. So yeah, I think great to see this uh, follow up. You know, five years in the making, and can't wait till it's uh, concluded next year. So mm-hmm. big fan. Yeah. No. Same. Um. It is my my number five on my. Spider-Man rankings, but I also I shared on on Twitter and people got upset at Ooh. at least one of the rankings. Of course they did. Um, but I should note that my top five are all five star bangers to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say right now uh, it's across the Spider Verse, Spider-Man Three, Into the Spider Verse, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man Two. Mm-hmm. And to me, the, mm-hmm. I think this movie will only grow in my estimation if and when beyond the spider-verse sticks to landing too you yeah. know what i mean yeah like i don't know that many people's favorite matrix is matrix reloaded you get what i mean yeah. like it's mm-hmm. it's i i love matrix revolutions i could take them all as one movie it's kind of hard for me to separate them at that point so mm-hmm. i i imagine something similar is about to happen within yeah. the next year yeah so yeah uh Jack, thanks so much for joining us again yeah thank you last yeah. second thoughts or just where people can find you uh well f- thanks for having me i mean i always love talking about this kind of stuff especially when it's a good movie yeah um and uh yeah i i think um uh yeah, yeah you can uh check me out on my podcast that night spider-man show we do go through every episode of uh spider-man the animated series but we also talk about the comics and the movies and stuff um and I've got literally. I got while I'm talking. I have got Siri talking to me again. Uh, How did you do this? Go away. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, 
yeah so um uh we've uh as i'm now calling it the year of craven because we've got a craven movie <laughs> on the way mm-hmm. which would definitely not be terrible um but <laughs> but we've got we've been talking about uh we've got some upcoming episodes about stuff on craven in the comics Ooh. which for those who don't know it gets real wacky um and so uh i probably for seo reasons should have picked something spider-verse related but nope we're going for <laughs> b like uh ef grade characters related to craven instead um but yeah you can uh hear me and henry talk there and hopefully next year uh henry will, will be able to join us as well to talk uh the next spider us yeah yeah of course we love henry here we love mm-hmm. having you here um and hey you know what for that craven stuff as that that playstation game gets ready to come out just keep hashtagging mm. craven you're gonna you yeah know, you'll get yeah. attention oh uh, yeah that, that's too. a good point it is the year of craven which yeah. uh <laughs> which henry uh already hates me for saying that so many <laughs> times <He's... laughs> and i'm gonna have to fucking buy a playstation 5 or something because mm. i don't want to wait forever to, to play the game or yeah. i'll just go to my cousins again and we'll just blast through it in a weekend but mm. um I'd that like to get back into to, to streaming on Twitch, so maybe that's that's something I'll add to the list. Um, oh, I'm yeah. just spitballing ideas for for myself. <laughs> um, Gene, thank you again for joining me. It's yeah. great to be back with you, um, even though we haven't seen each other in person yet again since I got oh, back. Uh, but right. where, where can people find you? Yeah, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. What's your address? Can't say that, no. Okay, okay. Just, just trying it out. Uh, and you can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, where you guessed it, there will be other stuff by the time this comes out. You're going to get some some secret retrospectives. My cat is jumping around right now. My cat mm. will not be on the Patreon. Um, uh, there, there's a Superman special that mm. we recorded before I left that I was supposed to get out before I left, but, you know, that's fine. Yeah, it's they're, they're, it'll It'll be out in time for The Flash, so go check that out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, We have been professionally unprofessional. Bye-bye.